All right. And that was our conversation with Don Lamb. Hope you found this informal. Oh. <laughs> Informational. That was good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Co-op Land Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Anderson. Today we are talking with Don Lamb, the new director of the Indiana State Department of Agriculture. So if you didn't know, Don is actually a RMC member from multi-generation, a farmer in Boone County, and now he is the director of the state's Department of Agriculture. So we talk with Don today about all sorts of things, kind of ranging his vision for agriculture in the state of Indiana, services that are offered, and other things that the Department of Ag provides to Hoosier farmers and beyond. So enjoy today's show. Hope you learn a lot. Well, with us today is Director of the Indiana State Department of Agriculture, Don Lamb. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to meet with us today. Why don't we start out a little bit with letting uh, our listeners know a little bit about your background, how you kind of found your way to uh, become the director of ISDA, as it's known around here, and kind of your your history in, in Boone County and, and some of your, your experience farming. Great. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. As far as a background, I am a, a farmer from Boone County, Lebanon, farmed with my dad and, and my brother and as I grew up and now Got a, another generation at, at the farm there. Uh, my brother's got a couple boys, and I've got a daughter now that's that's working on the farm. And but but grew up you know, grain farm, not no livestock, corn, soybeans, wheat, kind of standard Indiana uh, family farm, and have have loved that. As far as how I got here, probably starts some sometime back with maybe Farm Bureau and a Young Farmer program, and and then the Agri Institute and their leadership program and just the things that you get to do, opportunities that you have as as you come up in the agriculture community to develop your leadership skills and to, and to really network with people and get to know people and and kind of get a feel for how things work. And and so just maybe it's just a number of years of, of that coming together. When this opportunity came up, I, I got a phone call to ask if I would consider it. You know, really just the season of life was right. It was just a, a good time that I actually could do that. Or I think it, it'll be healthy for our farm as we're transitioning to another generation for me not to be there every day. And yet I still go home, you know, every night and I drive by the farm at least and usually stick my toe in and, and see what's going on. And I kind of can keep my hand in it that way. So it's just been a, a really an interesting time for me. And, and I think it's going to be a very healthy time for me personally, and as we kind of transition our business, and then as I get an opportunity to to do this job at the, at the state. And and I guess when we think about the Department of Agriculture at the state, can you maybe walk us through kind of what is the role of the department and how it helps farmers and how it helps the overall agricultural industry for the the entire state of Indiana? Well, the great thing about it is. Being in this role is, is really natural to me because it's just very supportive of the agriculture community. 
And so everything about it really is advocacy. We we do have one one division that's our grain buyers licensing and warehousing agency, and but that's a protection for farmers. Think of it kind of like the FDIC, and and when you put grain in a when you sell it to a grain buyer, if they have financial troubles, it's a basically like an insurance policy to help protect a farmer against that. So. That's that's one part of our agency. You've got the FFA under it, and everybody knows about the FFA and how great it works and, and what it does throughout the state. So there, that's that's a part of our department. You've got soil and water conservation districts, and that's a huge part of what we do. It's our biggest area as far as number of people go around the state and the way we influence uh, soil conservation efforts around the state. And that's great. We've got a policy development team that keeps track of things that are happening at the legislature. And, of course, they're tired right now because they got done about 2.47 a.m. this morning. And uh, But they watch those bills closely to affect agriculture. And, and so that's a, a big part of what we do. And then economic development is a part of that as well. And when you think about agricultural economic development, you think about hardwoods and you think about the Indiana Grown Program, farmers markets, anything we can do to develop the economy of agriculture and lift that up and then how that fits into the overall economy of Indiana. So I guess speaking as as both a farmer and now as somebody who, who might have some say over this, I mean, what are you hearing from some of your fellow farmers, but then also what have you seen yourself that is maybe some of the the bigger challenges that are facing farmers here and now? There's a lot of opportunities right now, and, and it, sometimes those opportunities can feel like challenges because change is always happening. And so one of the biggest challenges is to kind of figure out how agriculture fits into an ever-changing environment. And we think when I think about that, I think about you know, economic development and all that's happening in our state. Our state's doing a, a great job of economic development, and but agriculture needs to be a part of that conversation and needs to be a part of that that movement. And and so how to how to do that? When you think about conservation, that's such a big subject right now. You know, all across our country and all across our state. But agriculture is is a key player in conservation. So. You know, we've always been good at conservation. We need to be better at conservation. And then we need to realize that conservation is not just a cost to us. It's part of economic development. It's part of what the future looks like. And so it's again, it's it's change, but it's an opportunity to do things better than maybe we have in the past. When you talk about economic development, I mean, we we hear a lot about digital ag, automation, you know, some of these new technologies that are coming to the farm. What role does ISDA have to play in, in either some of the regulatory oversight in those things or or in other aspects of those new technologies as, as things kind of move, you know, maybe from some conventional mechanisms to more highly technological functions? Yeah. Well, one great thing about being here is when you, you say the word regulatory, and I, I'm, I like the fact that we're not big on regulatory here at, at ISDA. And so we've got a great state chemist office that takes care of a lot of that. And so when we think about regulations, we, we keep that relationship really good with them. But our job, thankfully, is to really be more of an advocate role. So when I think about what you're talking about and technology and, and new new things coming on, I think about Agrinovis and I think about the ag biosciences. And we've got a great relationship with people like that. But then it gets back to production agriculture, too, and how everything that is happening in the ag bioscience world affects 
you know, what we do in the field on our farm. And without each other, we really couldn't move forward. And so it's a partnership. And as State Department of Agriculture, I think maybe one of our biggest roles is to keep that partnership strong, keep our communication strong. You know, we're all kind of part of Team Ag Indiana here and just making sure we're all moving forward together. Yeah, that's great. And I think you, you've been on the job almost a full two months now. So I'm sure you, you've got your, your five-year plan all laid out and everything ready to go. But, you know, I guess, you know, as you think about a lot of these different organizations that you guys work with and kind of the, the situation we find ourselves in economically and things like that, have you set out some sort of initial sort of plans or goals for where you'd like to see is to continue to make or, or maybe venture into some new areas for making an impact for our agricultural economy? Well, I will start with the conservation, soil and water conservation, and, and partly because in our budget, we just got a nice increase to do some more efforts towards that. And we've got such a strong team already going, and there's some great plans with Clean Water Indiana and how to how to keep improving that. So that's one area that, you know, sometimes it maybe doesn't feel too sexy or feel like, you know, this this grand view, but it's such an important part of kind of our foundation of what we do is making sure we're doing things right, that that's really important. And then I will come back to economic development and the fact that agriculture together as a team, there are so many people that that I get have gotten to work with in the last two months. And I'm, it makes me excited for the for the future because there's great people at Corn and Soy. There's great people at Farm Bureau. There's great people at Agrinovis, like I talked about. There's great people in the Dairy uh, Association and and agriculture has so many great organizations. And as far as bringing them together to where we're talking from the same microphone and we can make agriculture a topic of the overall economic story of Indiana. And and so as a, as a goal, you know, I guess I would just like to say, you know, I hope agriculture becomes a natural talking point at all levels of economic development across our state. So uh, that would be a, an overall goal with a lot to be developed along that line. Well, and I, I think we've worked closely with ISDA over the years. I mean, I, I go back several years ago now, but department basically put together a study on, on dairy to see that we were exporting millions of pounds of gallons of milk almost daily and used that to attract a Walmart milk processing facility, which is actually located on REMC lines and, and served with, with some of our power. So that gets back to when you talk about economic development, I think that agriculture in Indiana, you know, they go together like peanut butter and chocolate and agriculture and, and REMCs, they too are, are somewhat synonymous. So, you know, when you think about sort of the future of this industry and, and the, the desire for more green energy and things like that, how do those sort of evolutions change. So as the, the energy industry starts greening itself and then becoming more reliant on renewable energy, obviously a lot of that development is happening in agricultural communities that are at varying levels of acceptance. And how do you see some of those forces coming together over time? I think what you said about the dairy industry is really important. If And, and you go back and you celebrate things like that, because you know, before I, I was involved here, and if I'm a, a farmer in Boone County, Indiana, and you ask me what the dairy industry is like in the state, I'd say, well, it's dwindling. It's it's really, you know, it's it's really small. But the, the reality is since 2014, we, we've lost a lot of farms 
maybe about almost half of them in that time time period. We've got about the same number of cows and our milk production is higher. And as I've gotten to know the folks in the dairy industry, I've realized that it's stronger than ever. And that has to do with partnerships with you and with an REMC and being able to put, you're exactly right, that, that Walmart processing facility was a big part of how that happened. So part of it is looking back at the past and saying, how have we done this in the past? And then how can we do something like that in the future? So we've done a good job of that. One thing I would say is the dependable power is so important to agriculture. And so alternatives and conservation, like I've talked about, we know that's in the future, but it just needs to be dependable. It needs to be something that we can count on. Agriculture can't have a downtime. That doesn't work well if you're trying to milk cows and you need that electricity at that moment. So it's important to have conservation efforts and it's important to have dependable energy along with that. And I guess, you know, part and parcel with that these days, too, is REMCs are more and more bringing broadband to rural communities. My curiosity is how are farms becoming more reliant on the Internet? Well, it it's kind of hard to imagine farming without it in a lot of ways. Everything from when I, when I think about even maybe the, the smaller farms, the agritourism type farms, they rely on it maybe as much as anybody because they need social media. They need the ways to reach out to their customers and they need the ways to sell their products across the internet. So small farms need it, you know, really badly, you know, and then the big farms, everything that we do in, in larger scale commercial type agriculture is downloaded now to an app and then put onto your computer and you've got maps and you've got prescriptions for your fields. And it, it's really become to where it's hard to imagine living without electricity. And, and, but now we're in this new era where it's getting to where it's almost hard to imagine living without some good internet access. And so that is a, a huge thing. There's still big parts of our state that struggle with it. So the fact that, that you guys are, are working on that and making that better is a, is a really big deal. And I think a lot of times maybe that that story gets lost of a lot of these these farms are sort of self-contained businesses. It's not solely a B2B type operation, but they are selling direct to consumers and things like that. I think a lot of times when we talk about REMCs and the benefit of bringing broadband to rural communities, it's about education. It's about just people retention and things like that. But that also kind of gets into this this workforce element that I know farmers have really struggled with. And maybe you can expand upon that a little bit of how this workforce shortage that we've had has come back to affect a lot of the farmers in Indiana. Oh, it is. a It's a big challenge. Um, I know on our farm, probably one of the hardest things we come up with is is truck drivers. You, yeah, if you're trying to look for a, a CDL truck driver, it's, it's sometimes hard to find that. But we're struggling with that with that at every level. And that's you know, I don't want to keep going back you know, to the dairy industry. But you look at, at that industry and partly at why it's done what it's done. It's you know, you've got robotic milkers now. A dairy can run on a lot less fewer people now than it than it used to. And and so in a way, that's a, I mean, that's a great thing. It's a way to adapt and agriculture will continue to do that. We'll find ways to get it done using technology. But in reality, I still like people. <laughs> and, you know, I, I also don't like the idea that, that everything will become technology driven and, and everything just will become less and less people. And as we think about economic development, that's one thing we need is we need to be able to attract people to our state. We need to be able to attract people to these jobs. And, and that's a big part of, of what we do. So while we have to do things better with technology, 
it's not necessarily the overall goal that, boy, that's what we're shooting for is to be able to eliminate people. People are still what it's all about. It's funny you mentioned that because I think, you know, the automating and, and a lot of the processes in the farms that have, have taken people out of the equation. I was talking to a manufacturer a, a few years ago and they said, you know, the hard part for them is, was they would just go out and they'd hire a farm boy. And they said, you know, they knew how to weld. They knew how to, you know, turn a wrench. They had a strong back. But suddenly they couldn't find these guys, especially, you know, in like winter months and things like that when they needed a little extra help and, and things might have been a little bit slower out in the field. So definitely has some some downstream impacts. But I'm I'm with you. I, I do think we need to find a place for people at every every step. And we've we've seen quite a bit of growth in the robotic theories. You know, and that was a bit of a chicken or the egg where, you know, they they struggled to find the people. So they went to the robotics side. Then that also becomes more reliant on internet connectivity and and reliability for energy and things like that. So definitely a lot of facets to those issues that can't kind of look at it from a one-sided perspective. I guess as we we continue to kind of look at different spaces in, in agriculture, as you kind of look forward to not just ISDA, but the agriculture maybe as an industry nationally, what kinds of things do you sort of see as as maybe the, the 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 year future for where this overall industry will continue to evolve and how it, it can continue to uh, survive despite maybe some of the forces that are working against us in the future? Well, it's going to keep being do more with less, do more with less. And part of that is because we have fewer resources. If we use land for other uses, we, we may have to do the same amount on less land as far as that goes. But as much as anything, too, it's it's that push for conservation, push for using our resources more wisely, using less water, less energy, all those things. And, and we're on a we're on a good track for that. We've been doing that. So I don't have any any doubt that we're going to continue to do that. That'll be part of the play. And then the big part of that is, you know, we do, you know, we do feed the world. We do have a lot of exports. When you look at agriculture and you look at the kind of the beauty of it, we go from that local farm that might sell at farmers markets and might have some nice premium products that people can can buy. And then we've got really efficient raising of, of crops where we can get it really, you know, basically an inexpensive food dollar that we can give to the rest of the world, so to speak. And And so people across the world will eat better because of what we do efficiently here in the United States. And then people, you know, locally will eat better and support local economies by the things that are happening on those local levels. And so it's really, it just keeps going back, coming, I keep coming back to that same thing from small to big ag biosciences to flower farms, everything that agriculture puts together, you know, working as a team, that's what it's going to look like. And I, yeah, you're right. 10, 20 years from now, it's going to look a lot different. And man, we, we all know how much has changed in the last 10 years, and that's going to accelerate. So it will look a lot different. But I'm pretty optimistic that it will be better. Well, and, and certainly our, our dependency on, on the agriculture industry is not going to go down any <laughs> for right. the next coming decades, because yep. as far as I know, we're, we're still going to need to eat and we're still going to yep. need nutrition. So, yep. well, Don, is there anything else that from ISDA's perspective that you'd like to call attention to or anything before we let you go? I guess I'd just say when I think about partnerships, there's all, all sorts of things I've learned in the last two months about partnerships. And, and how people work together. And, and this is just another one of those examples when I think about talking to you and 
Wabash Valley and, and what you do and what local REMCs do for us. It's just, you know, we got to keep building those relationships, keep talking, keep communicating, keep building each other up. And so that would be my main message is I love the partnerships that agriculture provides. And I want to see that continue. Excellent. Well, we're really excited to have you on board. Really excited to be able to call a Boone REMC member, director of uh, the Indiana State Department of Agriculture. So, Don, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you taking the time and uh, thank you for the really great insight to all the things going on with, with Department of Ag. Thanks for having me. All right, and that has been our conversation with Don Lamb, the new director for the State Department of Agriculture here in Indiana. A lot of really good information about services and direction and opportunities that he sees, and obviously a wealth of information coming from his years as a farmer and, of course, as an REMC member and involved participant with Boone County. So I want to send a big thank you to our writer, Rachel Huser, our producer and engineer, Austin Arceo. I have been Brian Anderson. And we'll catch you next time on the Co-op Land Podcast. Mm-hmm.